0: As a fan of ultra running, I've developed a question over the years, which is potentially being answered every time I dig a little bit deeper. So even though the sport is grown and the opportunity of ultra running is even greater and probably at the greatest level that it has been so far, the question of that environment and the exposure to the trail and the mountains is clearly becoming a massive advantage in our sport. Hello and welcome to the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy. I hope you're all well and I hope your training's going well. Do keep commenting on our podcast and let us know because it's good to follow your journeys because those of you that are now regularly commenting on episodes about how you're getting on, it's nice to follow where you're at. In terms of my own journey, that injury is starting to really sort itself out now and I'm starting to slowly increase those miles. If you're interested in the journey back to ultra running, then please go over to the Coach Marshy YouTube channel, but for today back onto ultra running and let's welcome today's guest in to the studio so hello charlie how are you charlie
1: good morning yeah I'm, I'm good thank you
0: good it's great to have you on the show mate um let's just explain to the guys i'll give a real quick explanation we met by complete chance at the uts in 2022 in wales um you guys were about to do the 100k and i think it was the night before that we met and you guys were polite enough and kind enough to be collared to do the the opening segment of the UTS special on location um, episode. So, firstly, thanks to to you guys for doing that, you, Re and Jack. That was really appreciated. Yeah, um, cool. Welcome to the show, mate. You yes. uh, you're you're new to podcasting, so this yes, is probably the totally. first time you've done it. Um, let's settle you down then and get you to tell us and the listeners who you are. Where you're from, what you do sort of as a day job, what your involvement in running is, and let us know a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Um, so, my name is Charlie Allington. Um, I live in North Wales and have done for about the last 11 years. Um, I work as an outdoor instructor, part time outdoor instructor, part time carpenter. Um, and so, that's kind of my day job, um, working with youngsters mainly, kind of, you know, the sort of things like canoeing, biking, climbing, going on the hill, co-steering, sea level traversing, gorge walking and kind of all those sorts of activities. So we're very um, on my feet job. But at the same time, like I say, I, I do a bit of carpentry work on the side just to get a bit of a breath from uh, working with kids. Um, got into running probably about 15 years ago um, when I was at university um, through cycling and triathlon more than anything. Um, so I kind of I followed that triathlon scene, did a few Ironman races around the 2013, 2014 uh, sort of time. Um, kind of fell out of love with that a bit. Um, not the best swimmer. I'm a okay cyclist, but kind of always um, always really loved the running. And kind of then focused in more on the half marathon, marathon kind of thing, and that kind of ventured into the more mountainous fell running side of things and that's kind of where the ultra running kind of came in probably about three four five years ago really and uh ever since they've been kind of taking it more slightly more seriously but never too seriously so that's kind of yeah kind of
0: yeah so w- let, w- let's unpack that a little bit because there's there's lots that i want to talk about and lots that i want to ask you but specifically about some of the bits you've just said there so um mine and your journey in terms of maybe how we then transition from triathlon to ultra running is is sort of at the same sort of time I did Ironman in 2015 so I hear you about the falling out of love bit um with triathlon I think for me there was a lot of hours going into it um but I really loved the endurance side of it so like the long the long haul the long day out if you like Um, yeah would you say there were similarities there for you
1: um yeah, um the training's hard. I found I found my, I found I was losing time with friends a little bit. It's the early hours, the early uh, you know, falling asleep on your mate's sofa kind of thing when you're meant to be at a social event and three events is is quite heavy. Um and so yeah, I like running because it's you can pick it up and go. You don't need to plan so much. Um you can do it in all weathers. Um it's cheaper. Um it's it's, it's just what I enjoy, really. I, I think the triathlon thing, is, um, it gets a bit, it get, gets quite elite, I think. Um, and like I say, you know, you, you, you need a, a spaceship of a bike and all sorts of things like that. I like the simplicity of running. Um, it's right on my doorstep. Um, it's I think it's easier on the body and um, there's less to think about um, technically. Um, and so I, I think it's a bit more of a pure natural sport and I think that's what I love about it and and also it's it's the mountains what i love really um getting out on the hill um and triathlon can be not quite as accessible in that sense there are plenty of races but not quite to the extent that fell running in north wales is
0: yeah and i think um yeah i hear what you're saying about the the training and the falling asleep on your mates sofa. i get it i think um i think when you're in that world there is a lot of planning going into it and a lot of sacrifice into, into the everyday life that you're talking about there. And, yeah, um, I completely agree with you about the, the transition, you know, the, the running simplicity of running and, and that you can just fall out the front door, which we are going to talk to you specifically about in a minute as well. So let's rewind a little bit. I sort of mentioned there that we, we met at UTMB, uh, UTS Ultra Trail Snowdonia by UTMB. So, um, tell us a bit about that event we met before the event we then didn't yes. see each other again which was a shame but it would have been nice to have followed up with you guys but i had to shoot off before you guys had probably even finished so um talk to me about that weekend what what was it um, like it
1: was well if in all honesty i had an absolute brilliant weekend um you know you can go into these races with quite a lot of trepidation am i going to even finish let alone you know get around in the time i'd like to um but Myself and my other half, um, Ree, who, as you said, ran the race as well, um, we've done an awful lot of time wrecking the route. Uh, you know, it's, it's all on my doorstep, it's all my back garden. And having previously wrecking routes, I think it's a massive benefit to knowing exactly where you are going, exactly how much you've got left, um, understanding the terrain and the vertical ascent and all those sorts of things. And, it's, and it's, it's, where I, it's where I work. It's where I um, It's where I do all my running anyway. So a massive draw to the event for me was the fact it is my back garden, and I know the I know the route very well. And I was able to kind of pick the route apart and um, kind of compartmentalize each leg of the run. Um, and just being able to run locally is is such an advantage. You know, it's I can sleep in my own bed before the race. Um, I know the whole route well. I know the base camp I, kn- I knew people at the base camp and I just felt like it's a really comfortable race in that sense. Um, another massive draw was the UTMB points, the stones um, because it's always been a, long, a lifelong goal to go to Europe and um, you know race the biggest race as far as I am concerned. Um, and I just wanted to do a big, hard race local to myself um and so the utb was uh, uts was an absolutely obvious choice
0: yeah i mean a bit of feedback from my end because i was absorbing as much as i could and <clears throat> recently spoke to, to josh wade who, who won the 100k as well um that day and it was interesting because it sounds like the trail potentially at snowden Maybe slightly more technical than some of the parts of the actual UTMB race.
1: Yeah, I, I get that impression. Um, there, there are a few places what are proper rough and ra- uh, rough and rugged and and, and tough. Um, I believe a lot of the UTMB route is um, fairly manicured trail. Um, but again, this 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 only um, it's only attracts me to the race more because that's kind of probably where I'm at my strongest is kind of the. A far more techie ground um, coming from like a climbing scrambling like mountain background that's definitely where I, I, I see my strengths so um you know if that's an edge over my competitor then um I'll absolutely um, jump on that
0: yeah and we'll um we'll sort of dive into that so let's let's take me right I've got my own gym live in flat Cambridgeshire and my skill set is to help people lose weight and get stronger um your day to day life and your skill set that you have with what you're doing in all of that sort of coaching and leading is, in my opinion, a great stepping stone and sort of basic skills to have when it comes to being an ultra runner as well. Do you
1: agree? Absolutely. Um, what I do day in day out is is um, immediately transferable to, to the racing scene. It's, you know, for example, um, working in the mountains, you have the mountain leader qualification, and this is all about looking after yourself, um, how to feed well, how to pace yourself, how to navigate the mountains, you know, learning the how to a- attack a mountain, if you like, talking about things like line of least resistance, um, using ridge lines, understanding weather. All these things are, you know, great for planning and planning big days out and getting out on the hill. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, training for a race, there's no better training you can do than actually going and doing the route itself. You know, when I used to climb, I used to like the idea that I could go in the gym, and if I can do twenty pull-ups, then I'm going to be better on a climbing wall. But I, I don't think it quite works like that. I think I think you need to be doing the very thing that you want to get strong at to be strong at it. You know, if if you want to run a fast fat half marathon, well then you need to be running fast flat roads to be yeah. to be doing something like the UTS, which has got twenty three thousand feet of ascent in it. Your training needs to be on the mountain, on the hill, doing those big, big climbs over and over again. There's, there's nothing that's going to get you faster and fitter and stronger than the, the actual terrain that you're racing.
0: Yeah, no, that specificity is really important. And, um, you know, when I, when I met you guys and we asked that question, and I said, "Oh, where you're from?" Thinking you're about to tell me that you've driven for hours, and you were like, "Oh, just round the corner." Um, yeah. You no, know, living in that environment is, is always going to be great because you know. Um, I was talking to, to Josh last last episode and, you know, here in Cambridge, if I go, if when I have been up at sort of a 90-mile training week, I'm lucky if I've got 1,000 feet of elevation because yeah. it's just that flat. But out, outside your front door, you, you, I'm guessing you go for a 5K and you get quite a bit of elevation.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I can't, I have this, if anything, I it's kind of the opposite for me is like, Sometimes I want an easy run, and I have to seek coastal runs and um, to get that that more recovery-based run. Because if I run from home, it is it's immediately uphill, and you can't help but run on the trails. Like running on the roads where I live is 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 relatively dangerous because there's no path. Yeah, you know, I live in a, I live in a small village, um, no shops, and to get anywhere you you have to drive. Um, and so the running from here for me is. Absolutely ideal.
0: It's yeah. straight up. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I like the idea of that, and I'm gonna ask you a few more bits on that in a second. But back to the UTS. Um, probably about the time that you were reaching the top of Snowden to come down for the last time, yeah. Um,
1: I believe the weather got pretty warm. Um, the weather was great um it was it was um a nice contrast between it, it had the atmosphere to it it was cooler on the tops it was hotter in the valleys so you got it changing up um never too much um i deal pretty well in in most conditions um i'm i'm good i'm, I'm good with uh, knowing what kit i've got how to use it um and i'm also i'm pretty savvy again due to working in the outdoors i'm pretty savvy to know if you're cold there's no point saving your layer you need to put your layer on to stop yourself getting more cold um and you know like i say good windproofs good waterproofs and they make them make a difference they can be they can be lifesavers
0: yeah and that that exposure that you have daily to that you know you're doing that and you're teaching others that um yeah
1: it's looking out for the warning signs i guess um i'm 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 pretty quick um it's as, as a Colleague of mine says one stitch in time saves nine. It's about seeing that. It's, it's same with um, food. You need to be eating when you're not hungry. Kind of thing. Yeah. You need to put it on before you need it. It's it's that yeah. kind of. It's being being savvy, and I, I think you only get that from just doing it a lot and um, that experience, and that exposure to it on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, and if if we just rewind to your answer um, on the UTS special episode on location episode, you said. Just to quote you, I'll paraphrase, though, you, uh, you, you said you were thinking about the guys that had been out on the 165 that had obviously been cancelled and you're glad that you weren't out there on the 165. The weather was pretty dire on that Friday night, um, but by the time you guys started at 4am, it would kind of just, I think it had just about calmed down a little bit. It was,
1: it was still raining, but the wind had completely dropped. The, those guys were, um, yeah, uh it wasn't meant to be as bad as it was, and I remember sitting in the valley when we were on sign up and um, thinking the weather was pretty crap there. To be, you know, 900 meters up, uh, at you know, an exposed ridge will have been real hard going. Going into the night, and you know, night falling, having been out on the trail for eight, nine, ten hours, um, it, it will have been really, really, really hard on the on the body and the and the mind. I can yeah. I can see why they pulled it. I would have been gutted if I was them, but um, yeah. they, 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 they um, their job is first and foremost to keep everyone safe. So it was it was the right decision. But we lucked out in the sense that our weather was a lot a lot better.
0: But did it leave the trail perhaps different to what you might have thought in July? Was it wet?
1: Uh, I, I actually didn't wear the shoes I was intending on wearing, so I, I wore a, a heavier um, heavier lug. Um, um, usually I would have gone with um a more alpine shoe, but I, I wore a, a a deeper, a deeper tread fell shoe for the whole race, and um uh, I think that's a massive advantage because a lot of the downhills were very wet and I did I did overtake quite a lot on the downhills. Um so yeah, I, I kind of I knew what to expect again from um from just, just experience, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, and no, I can see how that that would have massively been an advantage for you, not just in the decisions at the start and before you left, but actually in the in the actual decisions out there en route on the day as well. So, um, yeah. had you been to the the event before, or was that the first oh, year you did it? No,
1: first first year of the event, um, first uh, first UTMB series event. Um, no, I, I I obviously been to the location, but I, I I've not attended a, a UTMB event before.
0: And um, we're not associated to them in any way. Mike has been on on the show, and he was kind enough to give us a, a media pass on the day, which we're very grateful for. But sort of any anything for the listeners about how it was ran as an event and, and the organisation and the the setup there.
1: Oh, it was brilliant. It um it felt very professional, very slick. You can see that it's it's the the brand, you know, just just things from like the archway, the the, the stage um the prize giving um even like to the, the the aid stations you know the amount of toilets you've got accessible to you the quality of the food like you know it's um you go to a lot of race events and you and you get your, your cheap cola for example uh, i'm quite I'm, I'm, like i said i'm good at the the, the hydration thing and I, I always buy coca-cola because it's got full fat sugar um yeah. and it was it's the proper coke it's, it's little things like that that you really do notice is um it's very prestigious. The prizes, um, my my uh, my other half got second in the female category and she won a beautiful ceramic vase locally made in Clamberis. Uh, and just it's you know, little things like that really, really make a difference. So it was a it was a beautiful event. It was um very well put together. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna ask
0: really quickly Henri, because I'm hoping she does come on as well and have a chat about it's her. Good, own yeah, she's she's real you
1: know, for sure, yeah.
0: But she, like you say, she came She came second that day. Um, and how did it go for her, just briefly?
1: Again, um, so well. She had an absolutely brilliant day. Um, I think she was very much like, it was the longest event she'd done. So she was very much all about getting to the end. Um, and yeah, she had an absolute, absolute whopper of a day. Um, paced it very well. Uh, enjoyed it a lot more than she expected, I think. I think the suffering didn't kind of take over too much. Um, she's a smart, she's a smart girl and she's, she's tough as they come. So, um, for her, I, I never had any doubts. Um, she obviously would have done, but, um, no, she had a, she had as good a day as I did. We both were no, Brilliant. It.
0: So where, where does that leave you both with, uh, with Sham You know, what, are you putting your name in the hat?
1: for yourself well she's gone and bloody well herself in automatic entry hasn't she Because she got second place yeah. so um she's on ccc um i've got to i've got and is that for year. this year does she get ccc this uh, year no it's, it's um that that's in about three weeks i think isn't it yeah so it's, uh, yeah, it's um, she's, she's taking next year and, and so i've got to make my application um so myself and jack who he did the run with who i began the race with we're both going to apply to the the UTMB, um, sort of the full distance. Whether I get a place or not is, you know, just down to the luck of God's guess.
0: But I guess you're going to get to go there anyway next year, hopefully. Yeah, I just bloody
1: hope I'm, I'm going there to run and not support. As much as I would support, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd do it through gritted teeth. I, um, I, I'm i not sure how well I'd do that. be a lot of
0: FOMO there, would there?
1: There would be a, a, a fat slice of FOMO, yeah. Yeah
0: yeah i get I, I get it i totally get it and uh you know what a place it looks like on the you know my experience of chamonix is is probably similar to a lot of ultra fans and runners is is via youtube um and the the sort of eight eight deep in the crowd kind of thing the idea of of being a runner there one day is just you know some of the sights at the top of those those peaks and you know it's, some of the trail it just looks amazing but you know can we get there hopefully we can and Does this new system allow that?
1: It is dreamy, isn't it? I've I've spent quite a lot of time in the Alps um, skiing, and I've been to Chamonix a few times. um, And just uh, it's just massive. It's just big and big and scary, um, and and proper as proper as you can get in Europe. So, um, so yeah, it it is the goal for for good reason.
0: Yeah, my my education of the uh, the qualifying process and how that changed mainly came through. uh, through Mike, the race director of UTS. And then I, I did get to meet Katrin on, on, uh, on the day at UTS as well, who is the founder of UTMB or co-founder. And um, they were kind of explaining why they've done what they've done and the World Series and all these events. And I like it. And that might be because I like Man and I like the idea that although we're a, a close community and we like to be supportive and we like people to get involved, The reason I like this qualification process and this to use a a phrase commercialization of the sport is because it's got to be hard. You know, if everyone could do this, then it would be easy and everyone would do it, but it's not designed to be easy. It's not designed to be that way. It's not what UTMB has ever been about. It is, it is hard. It does require a lot of dedication, a lot of work and, and I quite like this step that's been taken by UTMB. It might not be fully clear what that step is yet, but the steps that they're showing that they've taken, and this little bit of commercialisation, I think it's probably going to help the grassroots more than it is going to hinder it. But I just wonder I if can, you have any thoughts.
1: I I don't know. Um, to again, this, this is somewhere I'm not. I'm not the smartest. Um, I I don't know the massive. Changes taken. I know it used to be UTMP points, which you had to accumulate. I think you had to accumulate accumulate eleven to get to apply to UTMB over three races. And the bigger, the harder the race that you do as a qualifier, the more points you got. Um I, I think first and foremost, it's it's important that the people entering the race are up to standard. There, there's no use people turning up who are going to have half a punt that have a very, very small chance of getting to the finish line. It's a big test. The, the races are huge. They're hard. Um, and I think it's only fair that the people on the start line are people who have the ability to get to the finish line. Whether they do or not is obviously down to the day where they're at in their training, etc. But I, I think you have to earn the right to get to the, the start line. It, it has to be... You have to be selected, in a sense. It, it it's, it's dangerous otherwise. Um, and also you know it, it, i think it does put an emphasis on those who deserve the place most get the place it you know it's someone like myself who's who's done a lot of running quite a lot of ultras now and got a fair amount of experience and i think i think i am ready um and you know these qualifying utmb series races is your kind of like is your interview in a sense to to get you to the start line
0: yeah no, i like i like that it's a- that's a great answer and a great, a great perspective. I think, and um, yeah, something that that I agree with actually wholly. I think, you know, the idea that that you you now have gone through a process, if you like, and you can sit there and say, yeah. I feel ready to go. Um, you know, both having been on the start line of an Ironman, you don't just turn up to Ironman. You get you do you do a half yeah. Ironman, you do sprint, you do Olympic distance, you do lots of transition work. From long swims to long bike rides to long runs, you do you do a lot of time and effort in that. And I think the ultra world is the same, especially when you're going up Snowden and, from what I understand, scrambling up Snowden at times as well.
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it it, it it puts you through paces. It's um if you've got UTS in your CV, then uh, that, that says a lot about you as a runner. I think.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's cool. I, I I like that. I like that answer a lot. And I think actually, uh, if the guys listen to this from UTS, they'll 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 love that answer as well. I'll see what Mike thinks, and we're going to get him back on the show hopefully, and we can hopefully talk to Mike Jones again and talk talk about how it went and and what he thinks about that that transition now. So just a couple more things on where you live and your day to day life. That obviously has a massive, as we've touched on, a massive kind of um, transferable skill set. Um, so you're pretty active. You're getting a bit of conditioning in, in your day-to-day life as well, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, well, one thing I think about it's, it's good for is that kind of all-round fitness. Um, you know, I, I part of me thinks like if I had a more to-date job, then I'd get better rest and recovery between my training. But I think the kind of the loading bags, the moving canoes, the motivating kids a lot of the time, and just that very active on my feet kind of kind of work. It, it, it is helpful, I think, it, um, but I think it's more of an over, over, over uh, a more all round kind of fitness. Um, and yeah, it, it, I think it does help. Just it keeps, yeah. I think more than anything, I think it keeps me fit in the sense that injury um, prevention, it kind of, like I say, it's that all round strength rather than a running strength. And I think, I think that helps quite a bit especially I feel the difference when, a, when it's off season in the outdoor world, I do notice um, a couple of pounds going on. Whereas when I'm busy, busy working full time at the center, then um, then yeah, I, I, I do lean up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think,
0: um, you know, the whole idea of uh, strength and conditioning within running and, and injury prevention and doing preventative stuff and proactive stuff rather than reactive stuff to injury is something that I am really passionate about in my day job. And, Something that my running club would say they're bored of hearing from me about, um, in terms of that 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 real S and C strength and conditioning. Um, having spoke to a couple of elite runners, it was interesting to get their perspective because I didn't really know how much gym work they really were or weren't doing. Um in terms of yourself, are you doing any sort of specific kind of squatting or lunging or anything like that? Any of that type of stuff?
1: If I'm honest, I I wish I did, I I wish I did more. I, I would like that um I would like that resistance-based training and, like you say, the more strength-based training. I don't enjoy it very much. Um, I'm, I, I run, first and foremost, because I enjoy it. I love getting out on the hill. Um, sitting in – well, I say sitting. Being in the home or being in the gym for me is, is, isn't particularly what I enjoy doing, so I kind of – I don't do as much as I'd like I do, I do quite a lot of um, dynamic stretching. Um, warming up, I, I usually do 5, 10, sometimes 15 minutes warming up. Um, like I say, very, very dynamic-based stretching, kind of... Um, I stay away from the static stretching. It's very movement-based, um, just kind of opening up muscle groups, um, triggering, kind of... Um, I guess I don't know how uh, sciencey or how um, airy fairy this gets, but I, I believe quite a lot in the neurological um, connection between uh, firing up your muscles and then going out and using them. And so I yep. think a lot of movement-based opening, opening, um, opening your muscle groups before you're using them is is absolutely key. And I do I do try my hardest to warm down as well, and um, you know, uh, and I guess you'd call it a yoga Pilates-esque um acro yoga kind of approach to it without the spiritual side of things I, I, I don't buy into that I, I, it's, it's very much about the physical uh physiological kind of side of things for me but as for strength and resistance training I do very little
0: yeah no it's a really interesting conversation to get your perspective as well because if we tie it all in and i I would say I think I'd like to think my clients would say that I'm quite a holistic trainer so we we look at the whole picture and and actually thinking about what you're doing day to day and you know you talk about the couple of extra pounds sneaking on and whatever and and then you're leaning up when you're doing more of it and you're more active again and then you talk about that kind of you know the activation of those muscle fibers that you're using within running now if we go for a little run down the street and it's nice and flat it's probably not that important to be honest it well it is important that we're warm but your range of motion for example isn't as crucial right but if you're starting off on a flat at you know the slate museum running down the road and then within a mile or so you're then starting to really you know go up an ascent and you're going to climb essentially those activations have to be there otherwise you're definitely going to get injured so from my kind of sports science background i would be like yeah what a great approach charlie has that's brilliant like People could learn from that. That's quite tangible in my book because you're going to get injured if you don't do that activation. I'm pretty certain that most runners that are picking up injuries is because they're not activating muscles. They're not warm. They're going too hard too soon or too fast too soon or whatever because they haven't potentially warmed up essentially. Um, I, I, you know, I,
1: I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that's what really draws me to um, fell running. In the old days, I when I used to run the half marathons and the triathlon-based stuff, like you, said, you don't have that range of motion. It's more of a kind of a repetitive um, movement, essentially that you just repeat over and over and over again. Whereas fell running is so much more dynamic. You know, you're recruiting so many more muscle fibers, tendons, ligaments, muscles, etc., because of the ever-changing environment. I, I think I, I like that. I, li- I like. I like how it breaks up the mind as well it for me going out and running round the track or running a flat marathon i i don't enjoy that that pain I, I like the idea of fail running because great you get a hill and you can have a cheeky walk and you know slow the pace down allow your heart rate to rest and you get a big descent gravity assisted and then like you say you get the scrambling so that keeps your mind busy and and like you say physically it's it's activating far more in your body and I think, A, that is better for you because you're not working the same muscle groups really, really hard and strenuously. But also it's um, like, I, I like the word holistic that you use. It's a much more holistic use of your body, I think. Uh, but the warming up, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. I, I can tell when I go for a run, if I've warmed up because I'm more free, I'm more open. I feel like I'm, my body is more able to recruit the muscles Whereas if I don't do those warm-ups and I'm not ready for it, or if I haven't recovered well from a previous run, if I hadn't stretched on my previous run or I hadn't eaten well, then I do feel I, I, I can feel that in my body with um, restricted movement, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I love it, love it. Totally agree. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a preachy coach, but to all of our regular listeners, I'm pretty certain that all of our guests aren't wrong. So I think if our guests are all saying this and they've all got this experience in ultra running and whatever, I think for all of our listeners out there, there's some really good tangible stuff there that Charlie's saying around that. And I think it's, listen to that again and let it sink in that how important that is from a coaching perspective for me. It's really important. And, you know, cheers, Charlie, for that perspective because, you know, we're not here to preach, but we are here to try and educate or give a platform for people to, to say what it is they do and how it can help others and yeah and actually how many of our guests have got to come on before people really start to understand how important this is to to sort of their running and you know different perspectives but actually you're all saying the same thing about that kind of being ready and knowing that you're ready for a run i think that's really important so cool we're just going to move on a little bit now so i've got a question for you if if we look at your instagram and yes. we look at we look at Ree's Instagram. In your bio, you've got at Dynafit. Yes. So what is Dynafit? Who are Dynafit? What's your link to Dynafit? And is that T-shirt you've got on Dynafit? Uh,
1: it is, yes, of course it is, you know, not promo and everything, of course. Um, so um Dynafit is um uh, a European brand. Um, I believe it started up in the 70s. Um, And if people have heard of it, it's probably on ski slopes uh, in France, Italy, uh, those sorts of places. Um, But it's a brand that's over the last maybe five or six years is kind of um, widening its market to a more alpine, long distance running um, market. They do a lot of um, what's known as ski ski mountaineering. Uh, They do a lot of uh, Nordic skiing they um predominantly previously they made mainly skis and boots which uh and um and bindings and those sorts of things but as i said they're branching out um and have been for a good few years now they've got some top top runners under their name um i'm not saying i'm one of them um but there are there's, there's a big be one team. of them charlie you can be one of them i far. could be one maybe um, for example, um, Hans Hamburg, I think his name is something along those lines. He came fifth at the UTMB last year. Um, and, you know, there's big, big names. Um, and so it's, um, it's um, for me, it's an off-road uh, running brand um, for which I am, I believe the term is ambassador or supported runner. Um, so I got to know Benefit through a close friend of mine, Angus McKendrick, who is based in Kendal. He is a rep. He's a British rep for DynaFit. He also reps for Suleva. Suleva being a, another Italian brand based in the Dolomites who make mainly uh, boots, tents, hardware and climbing equipment. Um, I, I believe they, um, they supply for the mountain rescue in the Lake District as well. Uh, and so, yeah, Angus. Um, Angus is a, a close friend of mine, and um, he was asked by his bosses, I believe, to put together a team of runners to start promoting the the kit through the UK. Um, so people like myself wear the kit, talk about the kit, and um, and use the kit, and hopefully um, get a bit of an awareness for who Dynafit are. Because I still get a lot of people who don't know what Dynafit is, but um, you know, they they uh, Angus supplies me with everything I need um, with regards to running from shoes, shorts, uh, my Gore-Tex waterproofs, my running vest, my poles, hats, gloves, anything and everything I need to, to go on the hill, um, Angus supplies us. Um, so yes, and, and I, I, I would no longer wear anything else. I don't think it's absolutely fantastic.
0: Well, well, my feedback is it looks nice. Um, from what what I've what I've looked into and what what I can see there, um, I've got a lot of questions actually because there's two angles to this really. Um, a is these brands, yes, okay, they become big brands, but but like like your friend Angus lives in Kendall, so he's obviously yeah. exposed to this sort of world and the outdoors and and the Lake Districts and whatever else and. People are doing this with passion as well. It's not a money making scheme, is it? It's, it's it's passion. They've got to make money. They've got to pay the bills. I get that, but it's because they've got a passion about what the kit is for, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, now, now more than ever, um, I think making money through these companies and brands is is a very very tough thing to do. Um, I, yeah. It's it is it's made by people who use it. I think um, it's and, and you can see that. Like like I say, I, you can only buy Dynafit online in the UK or from Gogh in the shop in Slambes, which are only just beginning to sell the sell the stuff. Um, and so you know, it's not it's not a big big brand. I don't think that's going to take over the world. It is it is for runners, um, and I think that's what I really like about it. It's Not one of these brands that was once upon a time, for example, a climbing brand that has now become very high street. It's a brand made for running for the people that go out and use it. Um, and I well, quite I've, like got, it.
0: I've got no shame, mate, because I used to work for Sports Direct. Let's hope Mike Ashley doesn't come along and try and buy it. Um,
1: it is the simple way that I, I, I would put it. it for, for that sort of thing, you know, they, they want to keep it for the for the market, um. That it is, I, I, you know, they, they they put their 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 hard work into making kit that really works. Not necessarily that kit that would go down the high street. I mean, it would do this real jazzy, shiny, European-looking kit. Um, yeah, but it's 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 made for the hill. It's it's made for it's made for empowering you to do what you need it to do. And you know, I wear this kit, and sometimes. Fairly tricky circumstances out in bad weather, um, you know, on ridgelines, lines, high in mountains, where you're not necessarily within close proximity to safety. So, having kit that you can rely on, know that's going to keep you warm, safe, dry, um, is absolutely paramount. And so, I'm 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 incredibly lucky to to have this uh, relationship with Angus and the brand because it's it's does what I needed to do, and I have every faith that it looks after me.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I think that's the, the first and foremost is when you're when you're kit checking or kit listing for these big events. You need to you need to know that what you've got will do the job that it that it's meant to do. Because, like you've pointed out earlier on in the episode, there are there are dangerous conditions where you need to potentially read what's going on around you in the environment and actually. The first port of, of safety is going to be what you're wearing and and what you've got to uh, assist you in that, right?
1: Absolutely, and I, I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't wear it if I didn't have absolute faith in it. You you need to know that what's in your bag is is going to do do its job. Um, at the end of the day, you know, the most important thing is is you coming back in in good shape. You know, having fun, doing well, going fast all those things are great. But first and foremost, is you know, those things aren't going to happen if, if your kit's not working um and i you know i've worked in the outdoors for coming up 15 years now and i've i i know i know what's good kit and i know what's bad kit um and i wouldn't i wouldn't wear the stuff on my back if it didn't look after me and like i say I've, I've every faith in what's on my feet or some what's on my front and uh, what's in my back
0: yeah no that's really it's good to hear and um just from a more kind of you know you mentioned off off screen before we started that you you you're not you're not the biggest tech guy in the world and you think you mentioned it on the episode as well that you're not you're not the biggest tech guy in the world but um just for anyone who's listening who is kind of maybe I I'm, I'm in ultra running and we do this podcast because I'm a fan and I had a long period of injury where I couldn't participate so my answer is to interview people like yourself and and learn as much as I can and Produce a platform for others to to absorb from. That's why I'm. But there are some that runners that
1: good.
0: you know, and there's, there's runners out there, Charlie, that, that are in it to be brand ambassadors. So just give us a bit of insight the way your your ambassador work. You know, your sort of agreement works. Are you just, as you've said, just getting given some kit to try out, and then you have to kind of just say, like, talk about it to people, or do you have to do uh, specific yeah. postings um, about well,
1: it? Like I said, I, I think I'm possibly one of the luckiest people on the planet with regards to this because um, I'm not an elite runner. I, I, I do quite well. Um, you know, I, I work really hard. I put, I put big miles in when I need to. But I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be that person that ever takes that extra step to, to win the big, big races. And I don't think I, I, I want to do that. I'm 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 passionate about running. I love running. I love getting on the hill. I love being in the mountain. And for me, it's it's all about enjoyment. So to be approached by Angus uh, and said, "Will you be an ambassador for Dynafit?" is, is just an absolute. You know, I landed on my feet. It's not why I why I do it, but to have had it is like I said, I'm 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 over the moon. And I kind of I kind of feel like you know, when's this when when is this going to end? Because it's it's dreamy to have. To have the kit, like I said, there's there's seven or eight of us on the team now, dotted around the country, um, some of whom, um, you know, have done some big stuff. I kind of question, like, am I doing enough for the brand? But how it works is Angus very much approached me and Ree and said, you know, "Will, will, will you be ambassadors for the brand? All you've got to do is wear the kit, talk about it, post on Instagram. Talk about the kit you like and how you're using it, and just seen wearing it. And it's a very, very casual relationship. There's, there's no like you must do this race. There, there is one race that we do do a year, which which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but it's, it's very casual. You know, just wear the kit, just talk about it, um, just give some exposure to to it. And um, and yeah, it's it's very much. I feel like I've got the better half of the deal here. As I said to you at the start, I I in downloaded instagram when angus spoke to me about this i wasn't on instagram before and he's like one of the de- one of the deals is basically you need to put a post out every week or so uh just showing you wearing the kit in north wales and um you know talking about it and you know that's very very little for the amount of kit that i've actually got from them so um yeah i'm, I'm very lucky but yeah the, the race yeah, no, that's- is um is the race called the lap Uh, which is like the flagship race if you like it's called the lap it's um run by a chap called davy um that's based at lakeside windermere and it's a race around windermere 47 miler there's one in may yeah now i know um and that's like the flagship race where we try and get the whole team together to race that event um again to kind of push the brand there's also a race in ireland called the Wicklow Eco Trail, which I'm doing the 47k version of in September on my birthday, actually the 24th of September. Uh, but the flagship is the lap, uh, and I've, I've, I do have to say it, it's an absolute spanker of a race. It's brilliant. It's very well organised. It's a brilliant course, um and I've done that three times now, and I love it every single time. It's a brilliant race.
0: It's It's not the first time it's come up on the podcast actually, and uh, it's certainly being talked about among our our runners that were at uts that day from our running club um we're, we're potentially looking at traveling and, and doing that so um you know i never know i might i might be i might see you guys there um no, I from could, time to time, could time as well so
1: i could definitely put you in contact with them um, with Angus who um as i say is the chuck who um stages the race alongside the the race owner uh davy uh but it's 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 a tough race to get onto nowadays. Tickets sell out yeah. fast. It's it's a big popular race, and and you know there's some there's some big names appearing um, on, the, on the start list. So yes, it's a, a, a good race. It's a tough race, but it's it, you know that's what you want.
0: Yeah, no, it'd be good to speak to Angus on the show. Actually, get him on and 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 hear hear the passion that that he's got for the ultra running world and and the brand as well. It'd be really good. So we'll, we'll definitely get in contact and and if you can put us in contact, that'd be great. Um, so a couple of quick fire questions for you just to finish us off. So, um, what does running mean to you?
1: Everything it's, it's brilliant. Running for me is, is everything when, when I'm running, I'm, I'm a happier person. I'm, I'm, I sleep better. I eat better. Uh, I work harder. It, it's just that 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 space, that that time, that headspace, that release. Um, if I don't run, I'm I'm less pleasant to be around. It it's, it, it it gives me everything, um, and you know it, it, it's challenge. It's it's difficult, and I think everybody needs that. Nobody wants a cruisy lifestyle. Everyone, you know, so many people nowadays talk about wanting a cushy lifestyle, and I think everyone does want that. But I think you have to earn it. I think everyone's happier with a bit of graft in their life and, and, and running supplies up yeah. for, me. for me as much as anything. Myself and Ree, we spend a lot, a lot of time together running and um, it's, it, it, it makes me feel alive. It's, I, I love it. I love, I love a goal. I love a race. I love something to work towards. It, it just, it, it gives me something to do.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. What a great answer. And, um, and yeah, you, you're right. The, the time, you probably spend more time together as a as a partnership and couple than than you perhaps would do if you were just working
1: all hours. content, right? So, and it's quality time together, and it's doing something that we love, and it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, and she's yeah. you know she's equally as passionate. She's a physiotherapist and a, a sports masseuse, which is really useful, of course. Um, oh yeah, but on tap, on tap. Yeah, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? But I will tell you, where, she's she's slacking off recently.
0: <laughs> is she, is no, she yeah. there is she there? Is she? Yeah, she yeah, I, wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't dare say this if she was <laughs> yeah no but yeah, it, well. you know have a weekend um, going to the city and walking around doing some shopping is, is, is my idea of nightmare and you know going, going out in the van and looking for some new trails and you know going out running and emptying the tank and turning up to work on Monday knackered is, is my way about going life, not getting knackered by work
0: yeah, and I will tell you what, ultra runners—if you know, you know—it's one of them because yeah, we all we is. all love that on a Monday. So yeah, no, brilliant. And then, in terms of a bucket list, have you got a bucket list of races that you want to do? Any any to mention in particular
1: that you want to want to really uh, do? UT, UTMB, obviously. I, I, I'd love to do CCC, UTMB. Um, they're they're massively on on the on the you know in the crosshairs. Um, Next year, there's a, there's a small race near me, actually. Um, I'm not even sure it's, it's a race. It's, it's an Offers Dyke challenge. So, um, start on the north coast of Offers Dyke. And it's a 24 hour challenge. So, you've got to travel south and get as far as you can in 24 hours. So, I, I like the idea. That's kind of a slightly different approach to a race. So, that yeah. really attracts me. I've always been very attracted to the idea of doing uh, the Cape Wrath Trail. I'm not particularly brilliant at multi days. But I like I lo- the Cape Wrath. Um, so it starts in Fort William in Scotland and heads north until it gets North Coast Cape Wrath. Um, very rough, rugged kind of race. Um, I think it's becoming more and more um, popular. It's run by the same guys that do the Dragons Back. I don't know how well I'd do in it, but it would be tough. And I think it's kind of it's kind of next level sort of challenge for me. So that's always really appealed. So I'd, one, I'd to one of
0: it. our one of our guests, Helen. She's from my running club. Um, she actually did Cape Wrath this year, and she completed. Oh, very it. good. That's she impressive. Actually, she actually did it. She she could not believe she did it as well because of what you're saying there as well. You know, um, sort of the challenge that it poses over the multi days and the that apparently the weather was very bad for that area as well as normal, if that kind of wow. makes sense. So, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna get Helen back on the show, so uh, there'll be a whole episode dedicated to that. So it might be worth listening to what she has to say about it. But no, hundred um, percent. You know, multi-day events. You know, if if you if you get on that start line, that's that's already an achievement, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's a whole different ball game, and I think I think that's a little bit what attracts me to it. I've done a few multi-day events, uh, and I've, I've I've always struggled um yeah. so i think being a runner and being an ultra runner you are attracted to that side of things where maybe it is you, you're looking for that limit i guess you're looking for that where where can i get to what what is my limit and like i know i'd have to work hard for that and I, I like that you know nothing drives you more than something that you know is on is on the limit so I, I i like the idea of doing something next level i think you always do don't you
0: yeah no absolutely and one last question if you can off the top of your head, three three basic tips for a beginner ultra runner to get into to ultra running. Okay.
1: Um first one would be don't be uh don't feel like you always have to run. Um for me, what what I you know, my my thing other than getting home in one piece is is enjoyment. You have to enjoy it. And if you're out, you know, absolutely beasting yourself and you're not enjoying it, then especially with fell running, except walking. I, I, you know, I, always, I, I teach people on the mountain how to go about going on a day. And um, you know, I think you should always be able to maintain a conversation if you're on the hill. If, if, if you're working really hard all the time, you're not gonna enjoy it. And I think the most important thing is that you step out the door. And if you're terrified of stepping out the door because you don't enjoy it, then you're, not, you're doing something wrong. Walking is allowed. Um, And I always like to think, you know, when you should be walking when it's okay to walk and when you shouldn't be walking. But walking is is completely allowed. People have this thing in there that that if I'm going for a run, I must run the whole time. I think that's bollocks. I think I think walking is perfectly acceptable. You have to enjoy it. And I think that that's first and foremost. So enjoyment is absolute key. I, I think... For me, my running has improved um, since running with Re. The triathlon thing I did, I think, I fell out of that a little bit because I did it on my own, and that only gets you so far. Re drags my sorry ass out regularly, and I wouldn't be the runner I am today without her. So I think having someone, having having a hook, having someone that drags you out and gets you going, takes your mind off some negatives. I guess some, you know, that the, the the, the niggly bits, the pain, having someone to go out and do it with, it, it just it it makes the experience more whole. It, it, it's it's more of an experience. I enjoy going in the hills much more when I'm sharing it with someone. Um, yeah So yeah, first one is just enjoy it and walking's allowed. Second tip would be to find someone who's equally as passionate as you are and, and share it with them. Third tip for ultra running specifically get good at eating. Get good at eating when you don't wanna eat. I think one of my biggest skills in ultra running is my ability to eat when I don't want to. You see so many people bonking, hitting a wall, having a shit time because they haven't eaten enough. If you're if yeah. you're getting hungry when you're on an ultra run, then it's far too late. You need to eat when you don't want to. Regular and often, eat, eat, eat. Whatever goes in, doesn't matter what it is, Can you know talk carbs, etc., etc., etc. If if you're not putting in body, it's 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 worthless. So you just have to make sure you're eating.
0: Yeah. No. So so uh enjoyment, like-minded people slash community, and then learn to eat.
1: Yeah. Nutrition. Nutrition is key. Yeah. No.
0: Awesome. They are they are three great tips that to be fair. I didn't know any of those things when I went into my first 50 miler, which is my first ever ultra round, rounded round lady Barrow in the peak district in 2014. And uh, I didn't know that you had to walk up hills. I didn't know that you had to eat in the first 20 miles. I didn't know that you had to sort of try and involve the people that are going past you and try and talk and make conversations. I didn't know any of this stuff. And had I've done, I oh, don't get me wrong. I had a great day that day, but, I would have had a much better day had I've eaten something in the first yeah. twenty miles, and um, there was oh yeah no I can do a marathon without I've done loads of marathons I can do a marathon without eating like I can do that what, yeah what, no. what about <laughs> the other half what about the yeah. other twenty four miles that were left you know and um, so yeah no I, I think that is that is key and and I'm loving that that as a kind of three tips that's really good I think for any new ultra runner to um take you know listen to charlie charlie's charlie's got it spot on there and actually some of the earlier stuff he said as well i think there's some real tangible stuff that people can apply in in their in their sort of training and their approach if if indeed ultra running is what they want to do so um last thing if people want to find out a little bit more about you, charlie or follow the the Fit journey or the or the charlie journey um can they do that anywhere
1: Uh, I guess um, on my Instagram, i uh, plug in that. I've not done that before. Um, So, yeah, my Instagram is charlie.allington.run. Allington Allington is spelled A-double-L-I-N-G-T-O-N. And you can join one of the 156 followers I have at the moment. Um, So, uh, yeah, do that because I'm I'm sure numbers in that area would really, really do me well in that. Give me a pat on the back from the boss because 156, as far as I'm concerned, isn't very high. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, that's it really. And um, I guess just look out for anyone wearing Dynafit and um, feel more than welcome to come and come and have a chat. And, um, you know, I promote that. I, we always want to chat as runners. Uh, I think half the reason we do the run is so we can just talk about it and all that stuff. So um, yeah, you know, it's just Peyton- on Instagram and, and, and races. And like I say, the Dynafit team are dotted around the country. You know, we've got people in, we've got Pav in Scotland. We've got Ross and Joel and uh, one of them in the Lake District. Uh, we've got Woody in London. We're all over the place. We're doing big races. Uh, and so do just just come and have a chat. Uh, we're pretty friendly, most of us.
0: Yeah, no, brilliant. You guys are great to approach. You, uh, you got the short straw because I, I just got my media pass from Mike at, at UTS and you guys got the short straw because you were the first people that I came across as I walked out of the tent and uh, you were kind enough to give me a, a little interview and have a chat and I threw you in the deep end and you all passed with flying colors. Cause you know, Good. like you said, yeah, we, we really like to thing. chat. you know, we like to chat, don't we as ultra runners? We absolutely. So. Yeah. And uh, you know, well, I think that that was kind of one of the jokes that one of my, one of my running mates made that, uh, you know, to be fair, Marshy, you love to talk and you love running. So why not make a podcast about running? um you know it kind of kind of makes sense really yeah so it's, it's all it's all it's all what i need really no it's not it's all about the people and it's all about a platform for for like you like you've done today the, the the information that you've shared has been absolutely priceless and even for me learning as we're going through it is it's still still something that i really enjoy and and hopefully the the listeners um have got the same out of it as well so really appreciate your time charlie and really appreciate it's you coming
1: absolutely my pleasure
0: yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to some of your, your Dynafit family as well. Um and and Re herself as well. We'll we'll arrange uh we'll arrange awesome. a time when the Commonwealth yeah. Games isn't getting in the way. Um so you know, because I understand you guys have had a bit of fun there recently as well. Yeah, at, yeah, uh, we watched the
1: ten thousand. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I awesome. no, bet it awesome. was absolutely
0: incredible. Awesome. So um, yeah, no, cheers, Charlie. Thanks for coming on. Um so Thanks to all the listeners that are listening, all those of you that are watching on YouTube. We really appreciate appreciate you coming on and having a listen. If you did enjoy the show and there's anyone that you guys uh, think will enjoy what Charlie's had to say, if you guys could just share that to anyone via email, tag on Instagram, tag on social media, that'd be really appreciated. And um, hopefully we can all meet here again to discuss more on the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy.